0: Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to visit primed.com slash podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Trevor is a 15-year-old who's here for follow-up after an emergency room visit last evening. He's a wide receiver for his high school football team and went to the ED after a bad hit during the game. His father said he had his bell rung. He seemed to be dazed, but he didn't lose consciousness. The emergency room report states Trevor sustained his first concussion and was told to limit reading limit screen time, and avoid strenuous activity until checking in with his primary care provider. When you walk in, Trevor's looking at his phone. (laughs) What is the best evidence-based advice you can give Trevor to reduce the length and severity of his symptoms? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Susan Feeney assistant professor and director of the nurse practitioner track at the Tan Chen Fing Graduate School of Nursing at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Good morning, Susan.
1: Good morning, Frank.
0: Wow, is it was it (laughs) at all surprising that Trevor's looking at his phone this morning? No,
1: it's surgically implanted in his hand. So, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, it it, it cracks me up. Can you remind us a bit about the current guidelines regarding post-concussion care? When can he go back to Sports, when can he go back to appropriately right. using his phone?
1: Well, um, the guidelines um, basically refer to physical and cognitive rest with a stepwise approach to returning, and the physical rest is pretty clearly delineated. Um, they'll talk about no activity the day of the injury, and then starting at as, as long as his symptoms are he, his symptoms are not bad, he can actually start with light aerobic activity, which is walking and possibly a bike, but no, uh, no impact. And then 24 hours later, if he tolerates that without any symptoms, he can go to uh, sport specific exercise like running. And then in 24 hours, if he has no symptoms, he can go to non-contact training, which is resistance, and then full contact practice 24 hours after that, and then return to play. So he could go back to return to play in six days depending on his symptoms. If he has symptoms, so headache, fogginess, any of those things return, he would go back to the step before. So that's pretty clear. The one that's kind of murky is the cognitive rest. So when you go in and look at the evidence, they say, well, you know, TV and, um, or not TV, reading, video games, screen time, and actually social interaction and trips, there's been some evidence in, in the past that that might delay um, recovery. So to, to gradually improve, move that along, like within 24, or 48 hours based on symptoms. So, but it's not total cessation. They don't have to, you know, it's like limit your screen time. Well, if a kid is looking at their phone <laughs> for 18 hours a day, was that 10 hours a day? Right. So, um, that's really where we are with the cognitive rest. And it really, you know, when you look across the spectrum, I think if we asked everybody out here, I think everybody might have a slightly different take on what cognitive rest is.
0: I, I think you're probably right, and and Trevor has his own opinions <laughs> yes. as well. Yeah. Um, there's been quite a bit in the literature lately about... Um, concussion. Can you tell us about two new findings? Sure, so
1: there was a study that came out of actually uh, UMass, uh-huh. um, and they had looked at um, 120 kids that were tw- between the ages of 12 and 25 that came into the emergency room with a concussion over like a year, and they they randomized them into two groups. One was the um, intervention group, which was total abstinence of screen time for 48 hours. God bless the parents, I know. because that is, that means... <laughs> No TV, no tablet, no computer, no phone, um, and you know that's and no video games for 48 hours. And what they said is they could they could listen to books on tape, which I know is very popular Among with teen, teen. boys. That's yes, right. Um, and you know and uh, you know they could talk with their families, but they had they were on the 48-hour total abstinence, right? And this was all reported through survey, and then the the non-intervention group the control group basically could follow sort of the standard cognitive rest where they could be driven by symptoms if it didn't bother them to use their phone then they you know then they could use it or they could back off and what they found was was pretty pretty significant that in the, in the group that had total abstinence of screen time, they actually had a, a reduction in symptoms and an average of 3.5 days compared to the screen time folks that were eight days. Wow. You know, now this is one study. It's one group, but that's pretty profound. That's pretty large. That's- yeah, and, and they didn't talk about, um, they didn't really look at physical activity. I think the physical activity followed the usual pattern. But that's a significant improvement in, in, in reduction. right? Sure. So that, I thought that was pretty, pretty amazing. And then there was a study that came out of, um, that looked at three different um, sites, and they looked at um, physical activity. So as I said, you know, usually by day three or four, you'd be back to aerobic activity, which would be running, and that kind of thing. And so what they did is they looked at, at kids, I think it was like 12 to 18, who came in with a concussion. And they they had to be within 10 days of the concussion of the initial injury. And they had them resume aerobic activity, so running. And again, they found a similar reduction in in recovery time, that they had a far better um, improvement in a shorter length of times of symptoms. So when you really look at their data, they're not challenging what the current guidelines are, but they're challenging us to say we should really be encouraging these kids, if they're symptom-free to get back into aerobic activity. And they measured this, by the way, with heart monitors. Um, so like, if, like I said, if you start with you know, light aerobic, which would be walking and bike, what they're saying is getting to that third step, which is, which is running or skating, um, that they could go back to that, uh, even on a treadmill, you know, just to make sure that they were doing that within that 10-day period, it really made a difference.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I think those those are very reasonable um, approaches to take. How do we how do we implement that in practice? What are we going to say to Trevor and his dad?
1: So th- this is this is a tough part. Is that. You know, in ours, in our world, especially in a 15-year-old kid, to take screen time away is a—you really have to come up with some creative, creative uh, alternatives. But I think what you could say is, look, you know, it's—it's it's certainly not going to hurt him, except it—you know—strain his relationship with his parents to take his screen time away. But it's not going to—it's not going to hurt him overall. So I think I would say is, look, we want to get you back to play as quick as we can. We want you to be symptom-free, we want you to be able to, you know, get out there and run and do all the things that you love to do. And if you can just take this hiatus for two days, you know, sleep, you know, you can listen to books on tape, you can listen to music, you can talk to your parents, you can talk to your friends, but just no screen time. Uh, And let's see if, because it should really have an impact on your return to play. And I think hopefully that will uh, improve and then I'll say to him and then you can start to ramp up your physical activity, no contact. But if you can um, you know, walk briskly for 24 hours, you know, it's 20, minute, you know, 20 minutes of activity. If you can do that, then get back on the, the treadmill and, and do some physical activity. We can get you back out um,
0: sooner. All right, well, that's Trevor's big question. When can he resume contact? <laughs>
1: he'd have to, you know, he'd have to do that gradual improvement. So generally, they do say, like, if you march it out 24 hours, you know, 24 hours, no symptoms with light activity, 24 hours, no symptoms with aerobic activity, then resistance, then full con... Then he can probably on day five, if he's symptom-free, go back to practice, and on day six, get back into play.
0: Wow. Wow, that's pretty quick. But I think, you know, I think that the gradual uh, return aerobic exercise without developing symptoms right. is a really important thing for both Trevor and his dad to monitor. That's right um, and, because and then, right. too quick could be disaster.
1: It could be and I think that the honesty of like please please tell me if you're getting a headache. Yep. Please tell me if any symptoms because you know it just bumps him back 24 hours it's not like he has to go back to square one but um, that's really important is to really spend the time to explain to them what is a symptom And if he were doing something, he felt that, that he would want to go back to the
0: the step below. Well, and and just being a quiet, moody, (laughs) 15-year-old male doesn't count, so. No, no. Um, How are these recommendations around concussion different for adolescents and adults? Well, the thing about,
1: yeah, it's interesting because adolescents actually have um, more frequent concussions and seem to have prolonged symptomatology and severity of symptoms compared to adults. So, um, and they, you know, they have more opportunity to become concussed if they're playing sports. So the difference is, you know, they're on a team, they're on a, on a field, they have to be assessed whether they can go back in. So I think they're much, um, there's, there's more, uh, stru- uh, focus and, sh- and uh, structure for the, for the teens. But the same, the sa- you'd still use this, if so- you had an adult who had, who had sustained an injury, you would still use the same type of, of uh, assessment and physical and cognitive rest. I mean, obviously they're not gonna return to, if they're not in a team sport, you, you wouldn't necessarily have to clear them to go back to play a contact sport, but you'd still use the same guidelines.
0: Susan, really great data. Thank you so, so much for for telling us about it today.
1: My pleasure.
0: Practice pointer. With teenage concussion, no screen time for 48 hours, and gradual aerobic exercise is the quickest way to have full recovery. Join us next time when we talk about the current data supporting the withdrawal of aspirin when used for primary prevention, especially in seniors. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemedcom slash podcasts and see you next week.